We live in a day where so many books, so many TED Talks, blogs, teachings, and conversations are on the subject of purpose, yet there does not seem to be a time like today where more people can't seem to find their purpose. Many don't even know how to define it, let alone describe their struggle. Purpose is defined as a reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. A person's sense of resolve or determination is the central motivating aims of your life, the reasons you get up in the morning. Purpose can guide life decisions, influence behavior, shape goals, offer a sense of direction, create meaning. It clarifies in the non-negotiable. It declares why you exist and anchors your life in the character and call of God. Believing and remembering that God has a purpose for your life is sometimes the only thing that keeps us moving forward when life gets hard. When we forget about the purpose of our lives, the temporary pleasures of the world around us will seem incredibly enticing. You were created on purpose, with purpose. In short, you are the solution to a problem. Becoming that solution is your purpose. In this episode of Keep It 100, we have an incredible conversation with Pastor Rusty Nelson, whose recent life experience speaks to reconnecting with your why and close with the warning lights of missing God's purpose. Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and your real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Hey, Keep It 100 Tribe, welcome to another episode of Keep It 100 with Sean and Krista. Welcome, welcome, Tribe. We're super excited that you joined us. Another episode is going to be a great one. It is. I'm excited about today's conversation, but as always, we got to tell you what we've been up to since we were last with you. Last week, we were at the Voice of Healing Conference at Christ for the Nations, an annual conference they put on. They have different great speakers, but we got a chance to open it up. There were over a thousand people in attendance. The power of God came, fell. It was amazing. It was wasn't it? Oh, you know what was fun? Sean preached this word. I, it is brand new and it was so powerful. And the word that was brought was such a challenging word, but it's like the students absorbed it and then they responded to it because the response to the word, it really unlocked something in the room. And it was so powerful. Tell them what happened after the service. Well, you jumped up at the altar as well as we normally do. And so we first had a bunch of recommitments, a bunch of people dedicate their life to the Lord. Then you called people forward, prayed for people for the back baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Then we begin to move in the prophetic and call out words of knowledge and there was healings. And then they were supposed to end kind of at nine o'clock, but we left and they were still worshiping and going after God at like what, 1030? Yeah. 10? Oh, it was like almost 11 o'clock at night. And they were like going for it and the worship team was like trying to sh- like, you know, like we're done, we're done. And they were like chanting, Jesus, Jesus. We put some videos up on our stories. Oh, I mean, crazy. it was, it was amazing. It was like the people, the worshipers would not stop worshiping. It was incredible. It was super incredible. And then I got a chance to go to Louisville, Kentucky and went to the School of Reform with the mighty Brandon Gatson. It was amazing just to have a school where there's young reformers, different ages, different ethnicities go together. Did two sessions. God moved powerfully, flowed in the prophetic. It was just mighty to be out in Kentucky, the home years ago of the great Cane Ridge Revival that began the Second Great Awakening. So it was awesome to be there. But oh, come what on we're now. really excited to yeah, tell you is... We are so excited. For all of you that know, last weekend was Sean and I's first event ever. We gathered people for the prophetic masterclass. And y'all, you're not even ready. If you were there, can you just like put your hands in the air and go amen? Because I tell you what, God showed up at our prophetic masterclass. It was unbelievable. Night one Friday night, literally one of my favorite moments of the whole weekend, because there were so many favorite moments, to be honest. I think I'll say every moment was my favorite, but this was for real one of my favorites. I walked in 
in on Friday night and the worship team, we had all decided we really wanted to do uh, like a pre-service worship with the intention to set the atmosphere that this was about connecting with Holy Spirit. This was about to be a time of encounter. And so our worship team, who was just incredibly anointed, they were leading us in pre-worship. And there was probably at that point, we ended up having 400 people in person. At that point early, there was like 150, 200 people already in the room, which is already incredible within itself that that many people were like early to the conference and everyone's worshiping and everyone's again, this is, it hasn't even started. And there's just this cry in the room. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it's on. It was such a group of hungry people. It was truly amazing. And then Julian Adams, who joined us, powerful, he had some powerful, accurate words of knowledge. We flowed, but the exciting testimonies we got was many people stepped out prophetically to hear the voice of God for the first time for someone else and to bless them. And in the back of my mind, boo, I just think about now all these people are being released. And plus we had another 350 distinct views in our online streaming. So easily a thousand people are being equipped in the areas of prophetic seeing dimension, prophetic evangelism, getting a word of knowledge for somebody. And it was just so powerful. And we had people, even a guy came all the way from England to be a part. I even asked him, I said, okay, bro, are you sure, man? Did you fly? You got a family reunion. You got something else you're going to tack onto it. He says, no, I came out just for this conference and he's inviting us uh, to come do it in the UK. So who knows? Be looking for, we might be doing prophetic masterclass (laughs) UK version. That'd be so fun. No, he was awesome. And I just, you know, so many people came out from different states and then there was a great representation from the Bay Area that showed up. And what I love is like what you said, there were so many people in very different places in their journey of hearing God's voice, stepping out in the prophetic. And the consistent testimony was, I encountered God. I can hear God's voice. I didn't think I was prophetic or I was, you know, prophetic, but I just wanted, you know, to go deeper in it. And everyone felt like they went deeper and encountered God. And what was so cool, we had this banner in the foyer and there was, uh, it was the Golden Gate Bridge with the statement, the declaration in the Bay as in heaven. And there just became, I feel like this anthem for revival. And even Julian said, he goes, I feel like this is a revival conference, not even a prophetic masterclass. That's right. <laughs> you know, we just had such an incredible presence. I mean, honestly, I I had no words. I, I've just, I'm in awe, which honestly, I always have words. So that, that shows you that it was pretty, pretty powerful for me to be left speechless. But Sean, you were left speechless too. I mean, we just walked away just thanking God because truly we couldn't have done that. Either God blew on it or he didn't. And he did. And okay, can I just tell you all that we have been in a massive drought in California. It has not rained. Oh, it was not It was not in the weather forecast. It was not supposed to rain. And the, here's what's so powerful. It literally rained on Sunday and Monday, two days straight, massive, massive rains. And the LA Times on Sunday morning printed a picture of the Golden Gate Bridge with a double rainbow over it. And it said record breaking rain. But what I love is it was not only rain, which is powerful within itself, but it was also we saw rainbows for two days straight all over the bay, not just in one town, all over the bay, rainbows, double rainbows all day Sunday, all day Monday. It just felt like a kiss from heaven. Like you guys, revival is happening in the bay. I mean, get ready because there's a move of God that's about to explode. Reclaiming the rainbow, y'all just reclaiming the rainbow. Amen. I love that. Oh, and for those that have been asking, because a lot of people are like, we couldn't come, you know, for a lot of variety of reasons, we totally get it. If you want to actually purchase the downloadable version of the Prophetic Masterclass, it is going to be available. We don't have a specific date, but it is very in the near future. We're just working on the final editing and cutting of it. We're going to make it available on our website as soon as possible. If that's something something you're interested in, 
Watch our social media accounts. We will be highlighting it. We'll be letting you know. We'll also be announcing it here on our podcast. But again, if you want to grab it, even if you attended it and you just want to be able to just soak in it, I just encourage you guys download these sessions. God moved and there really is an impartation and an encounter connected with this gathering. This is going to be something you're really going to watch. And so, of course, go to our website, www.shawnachristasmith.com. Now we're about to jump into the main portion of this podcast, and we are talking about purpose, height, and reconnecting to your why. It's interesting because it just came out in the last couple of days. Uh, many of you that uh, listen to our podcast, you may not know this about me, but I am somewhat of a basketball fan. <laughs> just, uh, my, just, my, just a little bit. My just team bit. here in the Bay Area, the Go to State Warriors, we played the Boston Celtics about three months back, and the Go to State Warriors were NBA champions by defeating the Boston Celtics. Well, the Boston Celtics coach, uh, it was a first year coach. He had coached under a, a legend, Coach Greg Popovich. Uh, this particular coach of Boston Celtics, his name is Ime Odoka, and he made the news because he, is, as of the latest news, is going to be suspended one entire year for not, not allowed to be the head coach of the Boston Celtics professional NBA basketball team because he had an affair with a female staffer. Now, again, certain parts of this, the news is coming out, but what is being reported, so I'll just go on their part, but I will update and revise this if news changes in our next episode, but that the woman that he had an affair with was married to another person that was the higher up in the Boston Celtic brass. In addition to that, Ime Udoka is engaged himself to an actress, Nia Long. And so we're thinking about this whole thing about purpose and leaders have to embody purpose. Here's a guy, first year, take your team all the way. You're two wins from being NBA championship your first year. And then during the summer in between seasons where you're gearing up for the next season, uh, you have an affair. Now, I just want to say this. First of all, we're not coming from a condescending or judgmental place, but actually from a place of learning and illustrating something because we recognize we all have feet of clay. Our prayers would go out to him and all the family members involved. So we're totally not doing this, but understand just the importance and talk, you know, we want to have a conversation for a minute that you have to steward your purpose. Isn't that right? That's it. I mean, I think my heart breaks for everyone that is affected by his failure. And I think that we have to understand the decisions we make in our lives, especially when you are a leader and your life has massive impact. And we are all a saying, Jesus, use my life to have impact, right? We all want to have a life that makes a difference and influences those around us. But we have to see the other side of that coin. And that coin is the decisions you make have massive impact. There's consequences to the decisions you make, especially as a leader and one that has influence. And I look at this man and I recognize and my heart breaks for him because he had this opportunity, he had assignment. He recognized the gifting in his life. There was a purpose in it, but he didn't steward it because he didn't have the integrity to be able to steward it. When you have cracks in your identity, you have cracks in your integrity, you're going to have an area that falls in concaves, that caves in because you have cracks in your foundation. It actually cannot withstand the full weight of your assignment. So if you don't actually know who you are, you are actually going to sabotage your purpose and sabotage the opportunities that are given to you because you'll be casual with what you're called to steward. It's so true. And I noticed too that purpose will keep you. And a lot of times when you have purpose in front of you, it's a motivation to stay in that place where you recognize, you know, maybe as believers, we would say you would stay in the highway of holiness. Right. The world would say you would stay in your lane. You would walk right. I imagine that Coach Ime Odoka, as he was on uh, Coach Popovich staff, or he was on the come up and he's dreaming one day, I want that head coach position. You have a head coach of one of the most storied franchises in the NBA, the Boston Celtics. And then uh, all of a sudden in the midst of maybe you, you finally arrive, I don't know what's 
going on in his personal life. I don't know what's going on, but I believe somewhere along the line, you lose sight of purpose. And when you lose sight of purpose, that's when the enticements and seductions of things around you can pull you in that conflict with your purpose, as opposed to being able to keep your purpose in front of you. And that's one of the reasons why this podcast on purpose and being purpose height, I feel like God wants us excited about the purpose and why he put us here on the planet. And that's why I believe this is so important. All right, everyone, as we're just diving into this topic of purpose, I tell you what, this is such a phenomenal conversation with Pastor Rusty Nelson. He's incredible senior pastor of the Rock Family Worship Center in Huntsville, Alabama, one of our favorite churches to go to. We love him and his wife, Lisa. We've walked in deep friendship with this couple for years. He is the real deal, a friend of Jesus. He shares a powerful time he's had in his life and the journey he has gone in the rediscovering of the why in his life, all with the intention to rediscover his purpose. I have got my great, great friend. Friend almost doesn't do justice. This brother (laughs) is my brother. He is family to me, no doubt about it. My brother, (laughs) Rusty, what's going on, man? Oh, man. Hanging out with you is not only makes my day, but man, you've kicked into making my year. That's for sure. It's good to hang with you today. Oh, my God. It is great to hang. I'm so excited for our listeners to hear the things that you share. Our listeners don't know, but you released, you and Lisa, you guys released a Hosanna Integrity, a worship album. I had this CD before we met. It was one of the most powerful. Quickly, tell us about that real quick. You know, in 92, I was doing outreaches um, just in different parts uh, of the country, but but we did one specifically called Mar- for Mardi Gras. And uh, we've actually still been doing it. We've been doing it for 36 years. And wow. we still go to New Orleans, send teams there every year. But this particular year, it was in 1991. I'm there with my dear friend, Scott Hinkle. And Scott and I were, we had combined our camps together. We'd have about 400 come in and stay and just minister on the streets uh, for, you know, five days. And that particular year, we did a uh, did a mini conference, <laughs> you know, and I did one on public praise because that was just my passion and had no idea who became a dear friend. Marty Nystrom wrote As the Deer. He was actually a song development guy at Integrity Music at the time. He was sitting, there were 12 people in my little conference session. And then we went out and led, led worship on the streets as we would do. And a week later, I get a call from Integrity and they said, hey, come and let's do a public praise. That was during the days of Graham Kendrick, the Marches for Jesus. Man, they had just launched out. And they said, let's do a public praise one. I went, man, I would be honored. And so the next year, 92, we did one called Take the City and uh, recorded it live in New Orleans and then marched over 1,500 people through um, through Jackson Square, went connected to, uh, went up Royal, cut back, connected to Bourbon Street and just, uh, just worshiped Jesus. And man, we had so many people get saved. I still remember. It was an amazing time, but I got to be a part of tra- traveling with their Worship International. And those were amazing years. Cut, God kind of cut my teeth on the streets, man. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Rusty, hey, why don't you tell our listeners, uh, what is it that you're seeing God do in your midst? Well, you know, we, uh, that's, a, well, that's a loaded question. I, I mean, loaded. Because um, I, 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 none of us are going to mention 2020 and 2021. You know, we're just, thank God he's, he is, he's the voice behind us saying, this is the way walk in it. And I think we all heard the voice of the Lord saying, you're not going back there. Keep moving. Because what I'm doing is I'm, you know, while the, while many in the world are deconstructing faith, which is breaking my heart, but I really see the Holy Spirit reconstructing his church. I believe there's a reconstruction of the church happening specifically in America. Yes, it's happening globally, but man, we have majored on minors and we've been minoring on the majors. We've been building kingdoms of 
men, we've been trying to, you know, just build platforms. And he said, I didn't call you to build a platform. I called you to build my kingdom. And and I really see, I know here, I just see our people. There's there's not only a hunger that's been rising up, man. We've we've just seen such uh such a just his presence has overwhelmed us. But there's always a purpose with his presence. It's not just for us to feel something or feel him. Because if you know, you know, Sean, if I never felt him again, if he never blessed me again, he's blessed me a lifetime. And and but his purposes in the earth. Man has their plans. God says, but I have my purpose. And, and man, what I sense God doing in our lives, in our church, we'd celebrated May the 2nd, 23 years. We planted 23 years ago here in Huntsville. Wow. And I just see the Lord repurposing, not just reconstructing his church to look the way he designed it to look as a bride, just longing for her, longing for her bridegroom. But yet God repurposing that this is not about my purpose. It's about fulfilling his in the earth. And so he's just stirred up a greater love, I think, that I've ever had for our city, for uh, this region that we've been hidden in for 23 years. And I uh, I just believe God is revisioning uh, all of us, man. God, we want to see what you see. And we want to feel what you feel in all of this and just spend our life doing something about it. And here we go. That I don't is, know if that helps, man. Oh my goodness. Man, Rusty, what you shared was so profound, so powerful, just in your assessment of what's going on. Uh, Chris and I, we're traveling. We're seeing God touch so many people. We're seeing a hunger arise in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And though we're trying to get back in the area of numbers, I think maybe what we've lost in numbers, we've seen an increase in intensity. And I think uh, yeah. very much it's like yeah. the upper room where Jesus told as many, perhaps as 500 to go to the upper room. But we obviously know only 120 were there yeah. uh, when the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. But the church was birthed after 10 days, like between the time Jesus told them to go to the upper room and Pentecost when the power of God fell, it was 10 days. And I believe it was a 10 day tunnel. In that tunnel, mm. God brought out greater hunger. He, They were quarantined. They were cut off from other things. They had to deal with yeah. their fears. They had to deal with the anxieties and things going on. If we're caught outside, what could happen? Uh, the people that, that walked away, maybe with each single person, it caused them to uh, check their own hearts and motives. And I feel like as they had a 10 day tunnel, the pandemic has been our portal. I feel like yeah. God is in this 24 month or more period, God has caused us to be more focused. We've been yeah. somewhat in quarantine to hunger for the Lord. And yeah. it has created a vacuum that I believe is drawing on the wind of the spirit. They say meteorologists can predict the greater hurricanes based on the greater absence of wind. So think about it. Hurricanes are predicted wow. by the absence of the very thing. In other words, a barometric drop in pressure creates a vacuum that draws the wind. And I feel like there's been a hunger in the hearts of God's people that is drawing it. And revival is here. I mean, wouldn't you say that? Well, I do. I, because we've defined revival for so long as as just a service. <laughs> and it's not, revival's not a service. Uh, and, and many times it's labeled by what God is doing in an individual place. The body of Christ is much bigger than a place. We are the church. And I believe what you've just described, man, is that vacuum because there has been a vacuum. It's 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 also produced a pruning, a pruning mm. back for fruitfulness. It, this this whole thing is 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 about the mystery, this great mystery of Christ in us, the hope of glory. And that now the church arise and being the reflection and walking in the empowerment of Jesus in the earth now, in this moment. And I believe all of our definitions of revival are being shifted, that it's going to go beyond just an evening of services and encounter, which we all long for those. That's right. Man, it's when every day, men and women in the marketplace, in their houses, in their neighborhoods, man, we become 
become the salt and light again. People are, are leading people to Jesus outside the church. And, and truly the church becomes, the, the building becomes a place of celebration and gathering. And that the fruit of Jesus, the fragrance of his the character and the nature of God, man, that becomes the fragrance. But oh man, the, the world is, 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 is longing for the life. And that's who we have. And that's what we get. Come on, man, Rusty. You know, you were talking earlier, you were talking about purpose. And, and from your take, you are a man of great wisdom. From your perspective, Rusty, how important is purpose or how significant is the topic of purpose to the kingdom of God? You know, I, th I think it's... It's vital because purpose has been preached so much. So his identity. So has, um, you know, so many things that have been put in personal boxes. But God said man is going to have his plans, but I'm going to fulfill. God has his purpose. Ooh, it's the reasonings on. of God. It is, it's, it's, it's finding the heartbeat. One of my spiritual fathers used to preach a sermon called the heartbeat of God. And, and it's a very, it's aligning to his rhythm. It's a, arriving and, and coming into that place where Paul would say, whatever, find out what pleases God and do it. It's, it's the whole thing of Mary. The last words we have recorded of, of Mary, the mother of Jesus is whatever he tells you, just do it. Just find his why, the why of God. We'll talk about that, I think, a little bit later. But we we were God's why, we're why he came, why he did not just discard us when we rebelled in the garden, but why he said, I will restore you because I want for you to walk with I want to walk with you. I want you to know me. The why of the cross was restoring us back to relationship with the Father. It was bringing us back out of what we we brought nothing to the table. <laughs> and so for Rusty, for me to fulfill my purpose is because I have stepped into the footprints of Jesus to follow him, to say, it's it's not what I want. I just want what you want. And it takes out of, of our life. the <laughs> There was an old word years ago, the shenanigans. You know, it, it's just this whole thing about, God, you're not doing this for me, but you're coming to me and allowing me to partner with you. That's overwhelming. Mm. We get we get to partner with the purposes of God in the earth. Wow. And um, I know, I, I love the passage we all quote so much in Jeremiah where it says, uh, I know the plans I have for you, says the plans to prosper you, give a hope of the future. And, uh, you know, but that's in the plural form because there's man has his plans. I've messed up a lot of plans. and But the Lord says, well, son, just as soon as you... You're, I've got another plan. That's why it's it's plural. You mess this one up. I, yeah, but I've got you. Come follow me because the plan takes you to my purpose. Wow. And my purpose will take you to fulfillment. Wow. And, and to me, that's when we can lay our head down at night and be able to rest knowing man, he's got it. This is, I, I don't have any, I can't, I don't have to perform for him. I, I don't have to tap dance and do uh, do something that's going to make him happy. No, when he sees me, he's he sees his son and the fulfillment is there. That is so awesome. Oh my God, it's rich. Write a book on that. Let me ask you another question. Why is purpose so significant in the kingdom? Well, you know, purpose is an amazing thing. It's it's something that I think we've distorted it a bit through the last number of years because we've always referred to it basically as us finding our purpose. But I think there's something a lot deeper that Holy Spirit wants to bring to us. It's the fulfillment of God's purpose. Um, and I, that's, where we're, that's where we find fulfillment. I love what... Uh, 
uh, Paul said in Ephesians, he said, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him on things of the earth and things in heaven. And I think this mystery that God brings, man has his plans, but it's the Lord that orders our steps. And he's ordering our steps to fulfill his heart. When Jesus said, come and follow, uh, and I will make, he's making us into this beautiful reflection of his nature, of his character, not just with, with charisma gifts, but a fragrance of the fruit of, of his character that we've been with him. Even the speech of the disciples betrayed them because they knew how you talk. Yeah, there was a there was a way they talked from Galilee that betrayed them, that they knew you had to be with Jesus, but yet could not be with Jesus. And ultimately it not be known just by your life, by what you walked in. Wow. And fulfilling the purposes of God in the earth and, and being that reflection of him. And I think this great mystery, what we were talking about earlier, that this hunger that's being stirred, that there is a, a coming out, as it were. We're coming out of the closet. Everybody else is coming out of the closet. Let the bride come out of the closet. And so as we step into this place, an arena in our culture that is void of searching after God, yet there has been this remnant and these this hunger in God's people that's rising up. It says, Lord, I want to I fulfill your purpose. It's not about what I can accomplish. It's not about, um, you know, who will come and follow me. Paul said, just follow me as I follow Jesus. He's where I want to take you. He, when I get you there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back away and we'll all just walk together. So I, I, I think that we must value God's purpose and and not trip up over our own. I don't know if that makes sense, but I No, it totally I does. Feel like said, taking us. I love that, Rusty. You're saying we're so busy trying to find our purpose that we yeah. don't tap into God's purpose. And, you know, part of what I hear you saying is that I think a purpose like, you know, the old movie, you know, Wizard of Oz, follow the yellow brick road. Like purpose is a pathway that leads us to the divine intention yeah. of who God is and who he's created us to yeah. be. And so when we're off that pathway, I mean, what results, what ensues is chaos, distortion. We're susceptible to all the different attacks of the enemy. And then we fall short of looking yeah. in that image and, and purpose when we're all doing it, it, it's like every person has their part and God is weaving this incredible yeah. tapestry. And so it's I just, I love what you're, what you're talking about. Rest. Well, oh, go ahead. Well, one other thing I was going to say, you know, I'm not against the statement, the purpose driven church, right? It's a powerful statement and, 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 and truly understanding how it was written. I think it was, it was very timely at the moment, but yet the word driven has always bothered because he did. The Lord said to me one day, he said, son, I never came to drive you. I came to lead you. Mm. He said, my people have been so driven by their purpose, they have forgotten to be led by my presence. Ooh, say that again. Led, that we, our, my people have been so, had a tendency to be driven by their purpose. They have forgotten to be led by my presence. My, my, he my. said, I will lead you in the path that is right for my name's sake. Even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm with you. You won't fear evil. There's, so I believe that, you know, when purpose begins to drive us, it can, we'll find ourselves going past the point that God was leading us to. I, I don't want to get ahead of God and I don't, I don't want to fall so far behind that I'm not in that pace. So Jesus said, just come and follow. Wow. Come and follow. I will lead you. I'll lead you to the place and there you're going to find folks. So good. Oh my God, Rusty. Oh man. Now, one of the last times we got together, you talked to me about this incredible dealing. We did a past uh, episode on finding the rhythms of God, understanding rest, waiting and all that stuff. But what was the dealing that you went through? And I think that sets up kind of the next question. What, 
what is the dealing, Rusty, that you went through in this past season? Well, honestly, Sean, I've never been through a season like I've been. And uh, God brought a lot of understanding. You know, I love it. Solomon said, in all you're getting, get understanding. He never said, get comprehension. <laughs> I, I'll never be able to comprehend what someone else is truly walking through because it's them. But God brings us to points to give us understanding. So good. Where we can stand under a situation and realize, man, there, that's when you can weep with those who weep. You can laugh with those who laugh. There's understanding. Um, that's what brings healing and wholeness is understanding. But for me personally, back in May of uh, 2021, I was in an accident. I totaled my truck. I was I was actually hit. I was going through a green light at an intersection and, and a small car, actually a soul, one of those little soul cars. You know, I I, uh, I totaled my truck. I actually, um, this was in May of uh, 2020. And I was going through this intersection as a green light. And I was doing probably about 50 miles an hour. You know, it was, it was, I was clipping well and it wasn't over the speed limit, but I had the right of way. And this little soul, little Kia soul uh, turned right into me, hit me on my back of my uh, uh, driver's side in the passenger door. And it actually threw me into a um, uh, a concrete light bulb. When it did, it, it just totaled my truck. And so I hit that and I had no idea. Hear this little soul. I had no idea, Sean, it was a soul hit Ooh, to me. My goodness. God showed me later, it hit me at my speed. It wasn't going anywhere. It, it just turned into me. And I was, it impacted my soul. Wow. And it kind of began this process of what the old timers used to call the dark night of the soul. And I had, I just, you know, I'm still processing it, you know, and then in, I, I did not know I, I was walking around for over four months with a concussion. Apparently mm. I, they think I'd hit my head and I didn't realize it. Or you can get a concussion without hitting your head. So I'm doing, I, I'm walking around. I would tell my wife, I said, you know what? It's the weirdest thing. I have the weirdest feeling. I feel like when I'm sitting still, sometimes my brain vibrates. Mm. And then I my my vision vibrates and I lose track of my thought. Well, she she said, "Well, you're 57. You're getting older. You, you know." And she started doping me up, man, on all of these vitamins and you know these focus stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, well that's it. And then in September, um, I had an incident where uh, I went to a golf tournament, didn't play, but came back. I lost. Uh, I don't remember after I got us to a certain point of driving home. I don't remember the trip home. I don't remember going. Going home, getting my gym clothes on, going to the gym, working out. I don't remember anything. I don't remember them taking me to the emergency. Wow. So I lost eight hours or more. And that was the trigger that took me on a journey, man, where finally they, they, you know, they, they did these, a lot of tests. They thought it was a stroke in the beginning. Then they realized there was a connection. They think it's seizures. They said the left side of my brain was not functioning normal. Wow. And, and I even asked the neurologist, I said, so when is it going to tell me when it's going to be normal. He said, well, it'll never be normal. And I said, well, I, I appreciate your expertise, but I, I don't receive that and don't believe that. But what had happened during that though, is it started triggering a lot of things over the past number of years in my life that somewhere on the journey, I lost my why. Mm. Um, I love Jesus. There was no, I, I, I searched every way I could inside my heart. Lord, search me, try me. Is there any wicked way in me? 
You know, I'm sure there were places I was missing it. I know there were, but yet there was no major sin in my life. And when I say that, I, I know sin is sin, but I, I, I was I was looking in all those directions. God, show me. And it wasn't that. It was that through the journey of the twists and the turns of even ministry and life, I had lost my why. And here's what I realized. When you lose your why, you lose your way. Ooh, and wow. I was, I had somehow lost my way in why I was doing, why I was who I was and why I was doing what I was doing. And because they had kind of shut me down. I went 20 weeks and didn't preach now for a pastor. That's all, I've, that's all I've known. I've been in the ministry now for uh, almost 37 years, almost 38 years. Mm. And I faced what so many, I believe, have faced. Over 1,700 pastors, just even before the pandemic, a month were leaving the ministry and the majority of those never returned. I, I couldn't comprehend that. But yet through this journey, I began to understand it. Um, uh, I found, you know, one of the passages and in, in when Jesus said in Matthew 8, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? The word forfeit, actually, it means you lose yourself. You lose wow. your way. You lose yourself. Wow. You lose your, because your soul is your psyche. It's your, it's your mind, your will, your emotions. It, Jesus wasn't talking about an eternal destiny in that passage. Mm. He was talking about what does it profit if you gain everything and you lose your identity, you lose yourself, you, you lose that that inner quality of, of my life. What, what is it? What is it? Pro- There's no profit. In it. And, you know, so often we live from the outside in and, and what he's doing is his work is from the inside out. And and what, I, what I've understood more than any any other time in my life is God uses pain, he uses rejection, he uses a marriage, uses a wreck or an incident to break our outer shell so wow. that we finally get honest with him. and we allow his life to really develop within us like we've never known. I, I've gone through Ephesians and Colossians. See, I couldn't even read during this season. I, I couldn't pick up a book and read. I, your left side of your brain is your memory. It, it is your speech. I, I could not put phrases together. I'm, I'm like, God, what are you doing? And, wow. And I would sit for hours and just, I, I, w- I found a little app called Dwell. And um, it's just the reading of the word. And, and so I could not read a book. I could not read the word, but I would sit and listen uh, over and over and over. And he kept taking me to Ephesians and Colossians, this mystery. Son, Christ in you, the hope of glory. This, the very thing that is, I'm wanting to unveil to you that you're not hidden on this journey. I, I'm not going to explain myself to you. You know, it wasn't the kind of why that I'm saying, God, why did this happen? Why Why are you doing this? You know, so often we want an explanation. But it's not an explanation he's going to give us. He's going to give us a revelation. He's going to reveal himself. All of this. He wants us a revelation of, him, of who he is because my why is found in him. He's He's not only the way, the truth, and the life. He's the why. Wow. And, and I realized I had, to, I had to discern three things, and I hope I'm not taking this too far. No, you go for it is amazing. But there are three things. I, during that season, I, I couldn't even write things down. I would get these words. <laughs> if you saw my notes and even some of my journal, that you know, I would just write down these single words, not knowing what they even meant. I'm like, God, what is that? Until one day I had a friend, a dear friend of both of ours, Bishop Kyle Sears. He started asking me questions. And, and out of the, just at that moment, just a revelation started. The Holy Spirit started putting some of these words together and lacing a language 
message that he spoke to me. But there were three mm. things I had to discern in this dark night of my soul, which I was I was looking to leave the ministry. I was trying to make an exit strategy. Wow, bro. Because I felt broken. I felt like I was yes. damaged. I was I, I, I fixed. I, I literally felt unfixable. Mm. So where was your faith? <laughs> it was, <laughs> I was trying to find it. I was not faith in him, not faith in my walk with him, but in, are you finished? So mm. do I need to go do something else? And, and I had to discern three, three different words he gave. One was to discern, is this a worry? Is this a wrestling or is this a warfare? Wow. And the first was, God, is this a worry? Because worry, I had a lot of, I found a lot of anxiety in me that I had no idea. Mm. I was anxious coming through what we've all come through. I'm not, not a novice or just the only one in that, but I had to come and say, God, show me what the worry is. What am I anxious? Where you said, don't be anxious for anything. Yes, sir. Your father provides. Your father, father knows. And, and I had to really come to some closure about anxiety and worry. I'm not a worrier. I, I'm one who, I always see the glass half full, you know, and Dr. Mark Rutland, who's kind of walked with me through this season, he made a statement to me. I told him, I said, hey, I'm, I'm the greatest optimist in the world. I, I always see the glass half full. He said, that's the most demonic thing you could ever say. <laughs> he said, because I don't care if it's half full or half empty. God never intended you to live half. Ooh, oh my goodness. Wow, 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 And wow. so, you know, and, and I could, I, I don't want to, belabor that. But then I had to say, God is my wrestling. Because here's what I realized. If I'm wrestling with God in this moment, I'm going to limp out of this because, you know, worry affects my heart and my faith. And, and faith many times of reaching out, but wrestling with God affects my name and my walk. Mm. Because Jacob got his name changed. Come on. And he limped the rest of his life. And it became the testimony of God making a prince and changing and shaping a nation. Because there's a blessing in the wrestling where, where from that that, you know, Jacob has now changed to Israel and he'll now be known as a prince that has power with God. So good, Rusty. But so that that was another thing I had to discern because, you know, God doesn't just come to wow us. He comes to wound us and he wounds us to heal us. Come on. So he can use us. That's what it says in Job 5, 18 says he inflicts pain. We don't like to think of that. We, we don't have suffering in our vocabulary. Right. You're but right. He, but he said, but he gives relief. It means yes. in the Hebrew, he saddles and restrains. It's like, he swaddles you up like a child. So there are times he filters a wound to us, but he binds us up at the same time. He he, he may It may injure us, but his hands give us relief. Mm. He says, because son, I'm, I'm doing something. In you. I'm, I'm, I'm getting you ready for the next leg of your journey, but you can't take mm. this stuff. And the final thing is I had to ask and discern, is this a warfare? Because the enemy was trying to steal what was inside. Wow. And steal the future God had designed. And because um, if it's the enemy, even wrestling, you're wrestling that, it's against principalities, wickedness, and high places. It's not deep. It's the demonic. But yet, this war that is really encamped around the, the people of God right now, we, we've already won because he won it for us. But this dark night of my soul, uh, I had never experienced. Wow. I can all, all I can say is that I'm very grateful that uh, he's been faithful. Mm. And he's, he is, um, I'm still walking things out uh, because there's, there's still been some kind of physical challenge. But man, 
again, uh, this whole thing of the why. He took me back to when I was a 16-year-old young teenager. Come on, man. He took me back to a swing set with a guitar in my hand that I would sing for hours, and there was no one to sing to. You know, I would sit and write things down and no one to write to except for him. And he said, that's where I wanted to take you, son, because why I called you is so that you would be with me first, then do what I've called you. Mm. So that's kind of been my journey. I hope that is realizing that we are his workmanship. Rusty, my goodness, that that those that wisdom, the things you shared, that line of heavenly thought, I think is largely missing. You know, people would struggle and say, why would God allow pain or whatever? But no one has a problem when they're walking in the supermarket or Starbucks ordering their mocha latte and they see someone with a t-shirt that says no pain, no gain. We, yeah. We've accepted that. We recognize yeah. workout, health industry. You know, you're going to have to bring those muscles to a place of pain yeah. if you want to build strength. We, we, we just have no problem with that. And I think, you know, we, we've made room for mountaintops, uh, but no Gethsemanes. And we got to have a place of Gethsemanes. There's got to be a place because it's in those places where we enter into the fellowship of his sufferings. And the Bible talks about that, the fellowship of sufferings. Yeah. And and man, the way you shared it, you're dealing uh, just, oh my God, just so profound. Rusty, what would you say? I'm just going to throw in a bonus question if that's okay. Last question. <laughs> what, what would you share that you think it's super significant for a young 20-year-old, uh, early 30? What If you could go back and, and speak wisdom to the 20, 30-year-old Rusty Nelson, man, what wisdom would you give him? You know, there was one great theologian uh, named Rafiki who said to Simba, <laughs> you are more than what you have become. Ooh, you must take your place in the kingdom. Wow. Just realize for our life that we have been called for such a time as this, and it's so easy to get distracted by other things. But he called us first to himself. He called the disciples, it says of Jesus. He said, I first called them to be with me. Then I called them. Don't lose sight of being with Jesus. Don't be with Jesus just so you can build a ministry. Be with Jesus to be able to have the lover of your soul. And that I'm I'm 57. And what he took me back to was a young teen. Mm. <laughs> Paul said to young Timothy, he said, there's, he said, the whole purpose of the commandment is this, a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a strong faith. Wow. Paul is teaching a son and he's training a soldier. And he said, it's all brought into this one thing. God wants to give you a pure heart so you can have a clear conscience and that'll give you the strong faith. And that's my Man. prayer for all of us. Let's just be men of clean hands and a pure heart. That's what brings a clear conscience. Man, that keeps you sleeping well at night, wow. moving forward. And it'll be the faith of the Lord. You'll, have, you'll walk in a strong faith. And when we get I'm home, we get home one day, it's all about his approval. It's not about man's, what men say of us. It's all about what he says. Come on. Pastor Rusty, I know there are people listening. They're going to want to get a hold of more, many, many more of your messages here, get insight. Is What way can we follow you, contact you, keep up with you, catch some of your messages? What's the best contact and the way we can support you? You know, you can uh, you can go. Our website is therockfamily.org, and uh, that's our church. You can go on and find the media there. Uh, we're you, we've got YouTube. We've got Instagram. Uh, you can find the church there. I, t I pulled everything through the church. We've got a YouTube channel, but we have our app, all of that. And, um, you know, I pray if I can be a blessing in any way. 
I pray that you'll just check it out. Rusty, man, Kristen, I, we sure love you and Lisa, man. Thank you, my brother, for jumping on this Keep It 100 Live podcast. We are so blessed to have you, man. Blessings on you and the Rock Family Worship and your family. We sure love you, bro. I love you, brother. Hey, Keep 100 Tribe, that was gold. That oh, was like goodness. priceless spiritual cryptocurrency <laughs> from a general. That is amazing. He is so wise. And what just deep revelation he shared. I, I want to go back and listen to that again. That was just a phenomenal conversation. You may even want to tag this episode to some people that you know and just let them hear that story about reconnecting to your why. It's so important. Hey, Keep It 100 Tribe, one of our favorite segments is the Keep It 100 Takeaways. In this episode, we're talking about five signs you are not living in God's purpose. You know, having low spirits, boo, occasionally doesn't necessarily mean you're not living in God's purpose. True, true. It's more helpful to think about the overall patterns that characterize your life and your mindset. And so here's some signs that you aren't fulfilling your God-given purpose. Number one, you feel undirected and unfocused. A sign to look out for is you start feeling aimless. And you just got to ask yourself, do you lack direction in your life or the drive to move forward? Maybe you feel like you're just spinning your wheels or you're not really getting anywhere. If you feel like you're stuck or you're wandering with no real goals or destination in mind, then you are sure to wonder what is your day-to-day routine even about and what is the reason for it. And purpose is the anchor in all of it. So when you're fulfilling your purpose, you won't feel like you're merely drifting through life. Instead, you know what goals you're working through. You know the goals that are going to motivate you every day. And then you're reminded of that verse that says, without a vision, people dwell aimlessly. Or you could maybe say it without a vision, without a purpose, you dwell aimlessly. So scripture even backs it up. I love that. That's so good. The second sign you are not living in God's purpose is you have an absence of anticipation in your life. So you got to ask yourself the question, are you excited for the future, your future? You know, do you have hope for the things God is going to do in your life? And if you do not, you're probably not living out God's given purpose. Now, let me qualify that. That doesn't mean your job is the most fulfilling thing of all time. I have li- I have worked those Monday nine to five jobs, but I still have a zeal and a passion for the things and the plans and purposes of God. So it's not based on because everything is perfect. You're living in your dream. You're living out the God destiny in your life as in the desires of your heart. I have very much lived in the contradicting places, but I know I'm smack dab in the middle of God's will. And I still have a zeal, a passion, an expectation, an anticipation for what he's going to do. And so you got to look for, do you still dream about the future? Because some people think that hopefulness is a foolish optimism that, you know, you're going to eventually wake up from, or you're going to grow out of. But yet we know as disciples of Jesus, that God gives us a hope and he gives us a future. Jeremiah 29, 11 reinforces that truth. So when you trust God with your future, there's plenty of reasons to get excited because the word is absolutely brimming with promises. It's absolutely brimming with the purpose of God over your life. So if you are lacking anticipation, excitement, and zeal for your life, get in the word, find out the promises of God, because as a disciple and follower of Jesus, you should be full of hope for your future. The third sign that you're not living in God's purpose is you become unconcerned and smug with sin. You know, another sign that you're not living in God's purpose is if you become comfortable with compromise in your life. And then there, at that point, you begin to see mixture in your life and increase in gray areas of your life. This usually leads people to change their inner circle of folks, people that don't really challenge you morally. Maybe they've lost their compass when it comes to walking out their godly purpose. And if you're embracing sin rather than rejecting it, it's time to reevaluate and get God's purpose back in your life. First Corinthians 15, 34 says it very clear. Come back to your senses as you ought. Stop sinning. The Bible is literally
literally so poignant in this area that Christians ought to get sin rooted out of their lives. Whatever you got to do, confess it, walk in freedom, and put on the righteousness of God. And anytime you start seeing yourself unconcerned, you start crossing lines, you start making uh, excuses and accommodations in your life, many times it's a, a fact that you've lost sight of the purpose of your life. And you're, part of your purpose is to become like Christ. Part of your purpose is to be formed into the image of Christ Jesus. I love that. So good. The fourth sign you are not living in God's purpose for your life is you avoid healing and soul restoration. So this is when you run from places, spaces where you actually have to deal with your issues, your past hurts, and you're okay with not being vulnerable, not having intimacy with people, not sharing what's really going on, or what I like to call compartmentalized vulnerability, meaning you only tell certain people certain things so no one actually knows fully what's going on. Come on, somebody. You find it easier to blame others for your shortcomings and your character flaws. Accountability becomes a bad word for you to to you. And even when God sends you wise counsel, good mentors, you don't take advantage of them. And then you sabotage anyone that speaks into your life because you feel like they're against you. If any of those signs connect with you, any of that behavior feels a little bit familiar, I want you to run to accountability right now. I want you to run to your spiritual leaders, to the local senior pastors. I want you to get into a faith, Christian, solid community and get people speaking into your life because you're going to spend your whole life sabotaging what could have been an incredible life that God's given you, but you've allowed pain, hurt, and trauma to rob you of your purpose. You want to have a life of influence. You want to have a life that that impacts others at a greater measure. You've got to be healthy, whole, and healed. That doesn't mean perfect, but it does mean that you have allowed your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions to be totally restored. And that is possible through Jesus. That's possible through the word of God. But I want you to, I want to encourage you to, you know, don't put off your healing process. It does take intentionality. It is convenient. It will cost you sometimes time and money. Some of you need to get to that Christian counselor. You need to have someone that is over your pay grade and you, you lean into that wise counsel. Some of you need to make that appointment, actually tell your pastor what's really going on because your leadership in the house, but you're living a double life. I, I, I really want you to recognize it's all going to catch up with you uh, if you don't deal with the stuff in your life. So I just want to encourage you. You want to live in the God purpose, get your get your soul healed, get your mind renewed. Uh, the fifth and final sign that you're not living in God's purpose for your life is you live consistently feeling like you're on the struggle bus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh, but it does. You're on the struggle. Anyone feel like they're on the struggle bus? I know you might be listening. You're in your room or you're in your car right now. And you're like, that's me, Krista. Let me ask you some questions then. Do you feel like your life is always walking uphill both ways and you're coming and you're going? Do you wake up dreading the day that's ahead? Uh, you be, you then begin to feel listless and lifeless when it comes to the God-given excitement you should have for life. In the, If this is the case, you're not living in the joy and fulfillment that you should feel when you're living out your God-given purpose. And when you're living a spiritually fulfilling life, even the most mundane tasks become more meaningful because you know you're smack dab in the middle of God's will for your life. So I just want to simply say this to you. If you always feel like you're on the struggle bus, allow yourself to discover and explore why are you feeling that way? What's going on within you? Is there a lie you're believing? Is there a false belief system that's been constructed in your life? Is there toxic relationships that you've allowed? Is there hidden sin that needs to be exposed or repented of? Is there uh, some truth and theology that needs to be reestablished in your life? Is there encounter? Have you worshiped in a while? Have you prayed in a while? Have you gotten in the word of God? Have there been an opportunity for encounter? 
Have you gotten to the place where you're quiet enough to hear what God's saying over your life and over the situation? All these simple things can help readjust not only our, our mindset and our paradigm, but it actually can renew our mind, renew our heart, renew our spirits in alignment with what God's saying over our life. If you feel like you're on the struggle bus, friend, I want to encourage you, open up the door and get off the bus today because you don't have to stay on that bus. Get on the bus that Jesus says, all aboard, we're heading to, you know, my plans and my purposes for your life, but you don't have to stay sitting in the place that you are today. If you are not excited about what God is doing in your life, I want to encourage you, there is a new way you can be living and it's called full on, on fire for Jesus, but that takes you being intentional and pursuing who he is in your life. This episode, I think is so important. Uh, Rusty's testimony, the different uh, points that we gave you about reconnecting to your why, because before you can be God's who and do heaven's what, you have to know your divine why. Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and refer us to your friends, and be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out, share this link on your social media platforms, and check us out at seanandkristasmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you, so be sure to show us some love. Hey, Keep It 100 Tribe, you do not want to miss next episode as we continue part two of Purpose Hype, and we're also going to have a special surprise for you. So remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram at seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep it 100.